plunger, moves on in, and he scores! What's happening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name, again, is Derek. And I am John. What's going on, everybody? And we are joined by our contest winner from last week, Mr. Roger Watson. Roger, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Can you, I guess, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself here? We want to get to know you before we run you through this past week in uh, Flyers hockey here. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I've been a Flyers fan for a long time. Growing up in this area, you were kind of force-fed the Leafs and the Canadians or Detroit. So I wanted to rebel against all that, and that's why I was a big Flyers fan. And uh, I work in London. I'm a postal carrier in London. Okay. All right. Well, we're really happy to have you on here. Um, I said before we went on, I said you're our first Canadian guest. And I lied because we had Mike Comito on. But you're our first. (laughs) I mean, we're still going to count this kind of as your first. Not that we don't love Mike. But we're still going to have some fun here. Let's do this. We're going to get down to some games here quick. So the first game we want to talk about was we touched on it a bit because last week we were recording while the Flyers were taking on the Bruins, but we didn't get to really recap the game as a whole. So after watching that game, Roger, um, 3-2 shootout win, Flyers took Boston to the limit. What, uh, What kind of conclusions can you draw from watching that game? Uh, that game, I, I like the defense, the speed of the defense. That, I find that's a big difference when you have Myers in there because a lot of teams just do that dump and chase. And sometimes when you have Hagers or even Bronze a little slow trying to trying to catch that puck, it makes a big difference if you get somebody that can get back there fast to help get it out. Oh, for sure. And, uh, John, do you have any observations there you want to add? I mean, you, you could just see towards the end of regulation they were really starting to lose some steam. Yeah. I thought Boston was going to wind up with the win because it was looking a little scary towards the end. I mean, Boston was just piling it on, and we were able to hold on to it. Oh, for sure. And, Roger, what do you think? This was the second shootout in two nights. Uh, first one came against Toronto that Saturday night. Is it cool to see the Flyers finally doing well in these shootouts for you? Well, yeah, that is a nice thing, especially from last year when they were so terrible in the shootouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish it would get over in the overtime instead of uh, going to the shootouts because I really hate the shootouts. Me too. Uh, I did tweet out that we enjoy the shootouts just because we're winning, but in all reality, I can't stand them either. <laughs> um, but if we're going to progress along here, we've got the next game against Washington. This was, again, another shootout that this time the Flyers didn't come out on the winning end of things. They lost 2-1. to one. Tough game. Uh, divisional opponent, rival, if you will. What uh, what kind of takeaways do you have from this game here, Roger? It was a very slow start, I noticed. And it almost seemed like it was uh, NHLers playing against a- AHLers because Washington was all over them. They were intercepting every breakout, everything. Flyers couldn't get any pressure whatsoever on their floor check. It just looked like Washington was a lot better team right after the beginning. If it wasn't for Hart, I don't know if he would have got anywhere. And Hart's been solid. I mean, these past couple games that he's played, he's the reason why the Flyers have been able to get back into the game after blowing these leads. Um, John, anything to add about the Washington game? I mean, just your typical slow start. You know, I feel like whenever this team takes a step ahead, they take a few steps back. 
And this was just one of those cases where it's like we think we're figuring stuff out and then we forget to play hockey in the first period. Yeah. Well, I guess if we're going to put a bow on the Washington game here, we get down to the Ottawa game. And that was Friday night. This is your typical case of a trap game against one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they come out, and this is the first game that ended in regulation for them in a few games, which nice to see, but would have been nicer to see if the Flyers came out on top. Uh, <laughs> anything, I guess, what's your biggest takeaway from this one here, Roger? Um, I thought it was a, sl- a sloppy second period, and the puck was bouncing a lot, but it was almost like they were looking ahead to the Islanders. Like they weren't thinking about Ottawa, thinking they could just walk over these guys, and they just seemed to not hustling to the pucks, getting beat all the time by Ottawa. Yeah, they got out hustled. I mean, you could see it, and Ottawa just seemed like a, a. We all know they're younger, not by much, but still younger, and they're hungrier. They just seemed to want it more that game. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think Roger really said it. They just they slept on this team. This is a game that you need to win. If you're going to be considered a true contender, which I mean, I'm not ready to say they are yet, but if you want to be, then these are the teams you just need to beat. You can't be losing to Ottawa. Absolutely agree. Um, so then we get past that game here, and then game four of the week came last night, Saturday night, if you will. You can tell by John's groan right there. Um, oh. I, there's no need to even go over it because I really don't want to relive it. But, Roger, your biggest takeaway, whether it be – I guess if there's a positive to take from this game, let's go this route. If you can draw any type of positive from this game, what would that be for you? Uh, I didn't mind the line shuffling. That was the only thing that I, I did. Like some of the new lines looked half decent, but there's a lot of bad in there. Like too many penalties. And, Hague, oh, I know you – you talk about Iron Man Hag, but what a bad change. What a bad change that cost that goal. He just looked stunned all of a sudden at the boards waiting for somebody to come over. Now, is that evidence enough to sit him and get Myers back in the game for the uh, Tuesday night? I think so. I used to like the fourth line without Stewart in it. I know Stewart's a good player, but he just doesn't seem to have the speed sometimes. And I like the four-check with the fourth line that they had when they had the, uh, the, the other guy in. Torinsky, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I like Torinsky down on that fourth line. I think that, you know, he's got more offensive upside in my mind, at least, than Chris Stewart does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John, anything you want to go in about this game at all? I can tell by the grunt early on that you might not have a ton positive to say about this. (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, I'm stuck in this area with all these chucklehead Islander fans, so every time that they get a win, it, it doesn't feel good. I feel like my entire town is, like, looking out the flag outside my door, which is a brave thing for me to do in the first place. But I don't know, right? You want to go and be like, oh, we got a point. But you shouldn't have gave up the lead. This is just one of those things where it's like you're going to look back at this game when we need a point or two in the standings and you go back to the Islander game and go, oh, well, we blew that one. Yeah, You're right. This is the typical case you know, where the Flyers should have been able to close this out. And I guess for you, Roger, this is a demoralizing loss, or is this something that the Flyers are going to say, hey, this cannot happen again. Let's build off of it. I think they've got to say this can't happen again. It's like when it's like a, a cracked window kind of thing. It's like that first goal goes in, all of a sudden there's a crack in the window, and you're just waiting for it to break for them to give it through. 
That's good. I like that metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I mean, man, I can tell you right now, last night was not a fun night. Oh, <laughs> not in the Bob no, household, at I least. I almost wanted to turn the TV off and just throw the remote because I was so pissed when they gave it up. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, but right when you said, I mean, you said it, Roger, when that first goal scored, it's like immediately all Flyers Nation is just like, well, crap, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that slippery slope that so many years in the past we've gotten used to these teams crawling back in. And what did the Islanders do? They crawled right back in and then took it to the Flyers in the shootout. Did either of you catch the um, shot from NBC Sports where Elliot had just let in the second goal of the shootout? And you could hear something pretty distinctly. I yeah, heard that. We're not supposed to say it on the show, but I'm sure whoever saw it knows what it was. Is that the cumulative feeling of the Flyers fan base, Roger. Yeah, I imagine it's just exactly what he felt, too. It's just like such a letdown on him, and everybody just feels the same way. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are our four games, and to sum everything up, Roger, is there, I guess we're going to do positives and negatives here. We're going to try to work back to that. Overall, with these four games, what's your biggest positive takeaway about the Flyers team right now? The big, I, I like the, the new pressure and the new system that Vino's got because it seems to be a lot more pressure, a lot more forecheck than last year. The penalty kill is huge this year compared to last year. And I like also the new power play because they seem to be moving the puck a lot more rather than having it sit still. It's constantly moving, mm-hmm. which makes that better too. Absolutely. I, I'm in love with the new special teams. I think it's more effective. John, uh, any positivity from you here? I mean, I just enjoy watching the games more with Vigneault behind the bench. I just feel like this is a overall a hungrier team. I mean, again, we're still giving up stupid losses to Ottawa and coughing up leads. But I just – there's just a level of, like, seriousness to this team now that I feel like was missing in the past with Hackstall. Absolutely. And then negatives. Roger, what can you tell us? What didn't you like about these past four games? Well, the giving up of the leads, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> can't do that and i don't like Hague in there i i know he's a great guy for solid for taking out guys and everything but you need the speed you need the speed on defense because it's a dump and chase game now and you got to have defensemen that can get back to that puck and get it out i couldn't have said it any better myself as much as we like to sit here and joke you know iron man bobby Hague, and as a seventh defenseman i think that's where he's best suited i think john here agrees as well oh yeah i mean when you didn't have any better options, fine. But now we have better options, so he should just be hanging out in the press box. 100%. And now we are done with the recap. So, Roger, again, please tell us, I guess, if we could find you on Twitter. Um, you know, any kind of parting wishes, any kind of parting statements you'd like <laughs> to make here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not really a big Twitter fan or, or go on too much. I just do it strictly for you guys. Uh, That's a first. I was really <laughs> laughing my uh, my uh, tush off, I guess you'd say, if you can't say certain words, at that uh, Drew commercial for the cereal. I've never seen that before. Did you guys get that on yours? No. No. Looks like we've got some research to do. <laughs> it was some sort of, it was advertising for um, the kids' shirts that they're going to be giving away at that next home game. I think it is on Tuesday uh, night, I believe, right? I can't remember what night it was, but there's kids' jerseys available. Okay. And the kid was pulling it out of a Drew cereal or some sort of thing, and it was looked like cheesies and Cheeto and Cheetos and stuff like that. 
<laughs> I was just laughing. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen that one before. Oh, I have to find that. We're going to look this up. We're going to have to look this up once we're done recording here. But in the meantime, Roger, thank you so much for coming on. We had a great time. Thank you. Yes. Guys. Hey, you have a great rest of your night, Roger. Okay. Bye. See Three for three. I'm getting a little worried, man. I know. This this streak's been rolling really well for us. I just think I'm going to have to start stepping my game up because people are coming on here and sounding smarter than us. I mean, I may or may not have a spreadsheet rating these guys on their communications, on their f- um, how f- you know fluent they are in hockey terms. And you're looking like Robert Haig right now, and everybody else is starting to look like Phil Myers. All right, you know that would have been really cool to say if you didn't stumble over your words like 43 times. Yeah, well, it's better than the stumbling I did last night from the three bars that I visited. <laughs> oh, yeah, you even want to talk about that. I'm still hurting. <laughs> this is oh, what happens boy. when you get old, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I keep telling myself that I shouldn't party anymore, and then I do it, and then it's just its stupid. I need to stop doing that junk. All right, but should we move on to more hockey things? I'm up for it. Let's do it. Blown leads, dude. Blown leads. What is going on with the blown leads? I mean, with Montreal, Toronto, Boston, the Islanders. Are you getting concerned? Dude, I, I'm definitely concerned. Like this, I'm not I'm not over here waving the panic flag saying, you know, we need to do this now. Like this is this is getting out of hand. But I'm also still mildly concerned because sure, it's only been when you look at it, it's what four games in the pa- four games out of the past six, I believe, yep. that they've had to give up these leads, and then three of those four they clawed back in and won either an overtime or a shootout, which great. I, I'm loving, especially the fact that they're being successful in a shootout. Um, but man, games like this Islanders game are just brutal. Like that, it can't happen. Yeah, it was the biggest lead that the Flyers gave up, and then they lost it as well. Like they lost that yep. in over, in the shootout, I should say. It's it's frustrating when you're watching at home after watching a team like the Flyers come back and win in a shootout after blowing those leads, and then you watch them just lay an egg. And Elliot Elliot didn't really look himself in that shootout because he's been good. He's been right. a solid netminder for the Flyers, and with that, that I think that's more of a fluke than anything. I don't. It's it's an anomaly, we should say. Um, well, do you think that the the team's just getting sick and tired of being in these things? Uh, I mean, the shootouts be. is getting a little ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're playing all this extra hockey, and especially on those back to backs like the Toronto and Boston games. Like, you know, this team's tired, and it's starting to show because late in these games, they just give up these back breaking goals that let the other team back into it. Well, I mean, and that you know kind of leads me to my next question for you, right? What's causing this, brother? If I knew, I would call Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault, and I would tell them. But, I, like I said, I can only imagine that it's just the sheer amount of hockey that they're playing. Where, like, you know, I mean, you've played sports before. Not necessarily just hockey, but any sport. At the beginning of the right. game, you're excited. Your blood's going. You know, your adrenaline's pumping. And you're ready to roll. And you come out. You're doing your best. You're putting points up. And then it just kind of fizzles out. Right. You know, that's yeah, what I think. I mean, 
one thing I'll tell you that it's not, and I know that people will just love this narrative, but it's not for lack of heart and effort. You know, I mean, I think in the past we've always wanted to be like, well, this team just calls it and they don't care enough and all that. I'm not ready to go ahead and say that No, at this point. And the piece that I wrote on this uh, with the blown leads, I, I included a, a tweet from Bill Meltzer saying that a lot, two of the goals last night came from really piss poor line changes. And Roger even touched on it previously as right. well. It's just the timing of these line changes, and then it allows the Islanders to gain possession, get either an odd man rush or just outnumber the Flyers heading towards the 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 zone there, and they slide one past Elliot. You know, the Bavillier goal, I believe, was the one that I was like, "Wait, that went in?" Because like, I think it slide slid through his five hole, and I'm, you're looking him, and it looks like he's got control of it, but then you look from behind, and boom, it's right in the back of the net. It's yeah, it's so frustrating, and. God, dude, I just, I'll tell you what, it, it, I know it can't happen again, but it's, um, it will happen again. I mean, these things right. happen in any sport. Well, because if it was an easy fix, man, there wouldn't be, this wouldn't keep happening. You're right. You're absolutely right. If it was you know? an easy fix, it would have been fixed games ago. Right. I mean, and players aren't sure what's happening, coaches aren't sure what's happening, but when you are up 3 nothing to one of the better teams in your division, your conference, and you go ahead and blow that lead, it's just demoralizing. It is. You know, like, I wouldn't be shocked if this ripples into the next few games. I, God, I really hope not. I, you know, they can't afford to let that happen because with the they're fourth in the Metro right now. And their next game against Florida, whether their record shows it or not, Florida's a good team. You know, picking up a guy like Bobrovsky obviously is that carries some weight in the offseason. Right. They've got Carolina Thursday, Calgary on Saturday, Calgary's another one, and then Vancouver again. Two right. teams that plagued them early on, you know, to that was their first stretch where they had some rough games. So it's redemption time in Philadelphia, and this is yep. how you start. Uh, okay, so here we're going to propose something here, but first I really need to figure out what I'm doing. Good Lord, there we go. Um, so what I'm going to do here is look up our buddy Matt Stinger because Matt Stinger wrote a piece on Phil Myers, and he actually got to interview him at practice earlier this week. And yep. if you haven't read the piece, please go visit PhiladelphiaSportsNetwork.com. Uh, it's the piece on Phil Myers. Uh, you know, our seventh defenseman last night, which he should have been in. But, I mean, the piece was great, and Phil Myers is even better. And joining us now is the man behind that piece. We have Matt Stinger, PSN Flyers contributor. Please, Matt, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, my man. Hey, guys, how's my connection sounding? It sounds yeah, you're beautiful. all right, dude. All right, I was trying to get you on the computer here. I got it on the phone, so I might okay. sound like I'm a tin can. Uh <laughs> All right, so what's happening? I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure this out as I go along. <laughs> so I'm kind of an idiot, hence the name Delco Dope on uh, Twitter. <laughs> no, we, we introed you here. We talked about the Myers piece for a little bit and just kind of saying how you were at practice the other day and if people haven't read the piece and we don't know what they're doing because obviously they're missing out. Um, but obviously with that piece, we wanted to have you on and talk about it and pick your brain a little bit about kind of what you observed, the observations in the piece itself. Um, 
But first, again, introduce yourself. Let us know who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll roll from there. Yeah, man. Um, my name's Matt Stinger. Obviously, I've been uh, writing for PSN here for about a year now, a little less than a year, um, mainly covering the Phillies. But I got going here with the Flyers the last couple of weeks, uh, which is my bread and butter. I'm a, you know, I'm a hockey guy, played hockey in college a little bit on a club level, nothing too crazy. But, uh, um, yeah, so uh, basically a little bit about me. I'm an Army veteran, so uh, I'm very proud of that fact. And, uh, you know, just trying to have a little bit of fun as a Flyers fan turned sports journalist and uh, columnist to go out there and bring forth some content from, like, what, what I see with uh, just basically from almost like a fan's point of view type of thing but but a little bit more in depth a little bit more analysis um you you can find me on twitter at delco underscore dope i wear that uh name proudly because (laughs) i don't like to take i don't like to take myself too serious you know i don't think we should i think we should have a lot of fun and uh be able to poke fun at ourselves and uh, i do a lot of that and uh as you guys know in our chats i like to have fun and and i i try not to take myself too seriously well Well, we hate fun yeah we We are 100 percent against fun Fun, no fun, none at all. (laughs) Um, First, this is the second week in a row we've had a military vet on. So, again, thank you for your service. Um, Thanks. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for the support, guys. And if we're going to jump right into this Phil Myers piece, I want your biggest takeaway. Uh, Just talking to the guy, what did you notice that stuck out uh, when you were asking him these questions and just talking to him? Like, what did you get a feel for him and, you know, the kind of person or player that he is? Uh Personally, I think this kid's legit. I think he's going to be the number one defenseman for the Flyers for years to come. Um, dude, there is something about him that is just like I was all in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, dude, like his he has it. He has that that mental um, like maturity for for such that young age. You know what I mean? Like. He knows what he wants, and he's going to get it. He's got that drive. I mean, let's talk about this kid for a little bit. Undrafted free agent. He had a horrible – I wouldn't say horrible because there's not a lot of film on it, but statistically speaking, Mm -hmm. a very subpar year on his draft year, his draft-eligible year in the the queue. Mm -hmm. He goes to Calgary's developmental camp. They bring him in, you know, but they give him the old thanks, no thanks, we're going to go in a different direction. Enter Hextall, who comes in and brings him into the uh, the uh, rookie camp there, and they're just like we couldn't, you know, we couldn't find a flaw with this guy. We got to sign him, and he doesn't go away from the Flyers camp. They sign him to the entry level contract. The next year, this kid just explodes. I mean, uh, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like that he was almost uh, just under a point per game. His plus minus for the year was 52 cool. and helped help lead um, his team to the Memorial Cup where they, they lost to a stacked uh, a stacked team. I, I don't have it up in front of me here, but uh, it, like the kid's just been improving. And like the mental edge he has, that mental maturity, that, that makeup, like you can't teach that. Now, he's got all the, the tools physically. This kid's gifted. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. And it, the best part is he doesn't even look fast. He kind of looks like he's, like, you know, skating, you know, eh, out there. You know what I mean? For lack of a better term. <laughs> it's those long strides, man. Yeah, the long strides. He's got that long reach. It's just, like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I think this kid's got it. I think he's going to be, be uh, 
lock him up, you know, long term. He's he's going to be it. And and yeah, that's just my opinion. That's what I see out of it. Now, did he talk about being an undrafted free agent and I guess earning those camp invites with Philadelphia and Calgary? Did you talk to him a little bit about that and kind of get his mindset going from you know undrafted free agent to camp invite with Calgary and then getting signed by the Flyers? No, I I didn't go into that because I knew I only had a few minutes. Uh, okay, I knew I only had a like. The, the way it worked out was uh, we were in there in the locker room and, and the, the Flyers are coming in at different times. You know, each guy comes in their own time off the ice for practice once practice ends. And he stayed out there for a long time. So we knew they had a meeting to get to. I had about five minutes total. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that all the, you know, all the other writers were looking to talk to him as well. You know, he had just gotten off. That was the um, who had the three goals in three games and had been playing spectacular. So yep. um, my goal was to get in there, talk a little bit about the the getting sent down to to uh, Lehigh at the beginning of the year after playing uh, after playing um, twenty some games last year. I yeah. wanted to pick his brain on um, his physical approach and how he at that point had only had two penalty minutes in 27 games, which I thought was crazy. That's uh, awesome. Considering if you just watch him battle in front of the net, I mean, the, the, he could probably get a, like a little cheap penalty called on him every single night, but they're letting him play. And, he, and uh, When they was, played Montreal and he shut down Gallagher in front of the net, that right there to me was like, okay, this kid's for real. Yeah, he that, that stick battle those two had was cool. phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. And, and man, like, he just... One of the one of the things I think is key about him is is he helped settle Sandheim down too, you know, because uh, we all knew Sandheim wasn't was having a little bit of a tough go there, mm-hmm. and just the two of them together with their chemistry from playing in Lehigh a couple years ago, and even mentioned that was um, may have helped Sandheim, you know, because I, I I think and this was talking with a bunch of the writers that day, we all kind of agreed Sandheim's kind of a bit of a confidence, he was in a bit of a confidence low. You know, and if he doesn't have that confidence, he doesn't necessarily play well. But uh, just being with Myers and 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 those two just have a, a they they have something. I mean, they were out late on in the Boston game against the uh, Bergeron line with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn. Right. So I mean, like, you, yeah, that's a lot of trust. Venus got some not faith. even yeah faith in the the young guys and and he didn't even have, doesn't even have thirty games played in the NHL yet. You but know? hold off, isn't isn't Vigneault one of those types of guys that favors the veterans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know there was something written about that or, or like talked about that forever, right? I think that was out of New York. Yeah, I think, John, yeah. you know about that, won't you? <laughs> oh yeah, all I was complaining over here. Yeah, I feel like a couple no. of us might have written a piece on that, you know. <laughs> but we spent like a month complaining about it on this show. Oh yeah, I mean there was like nothing else to talk about because the Flyers had just hired him, and you know we weren't in the playoffs, so we just found different ways to talk about how Vino just doesn't play veterans. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's uh, break that myth, right? I mean, he's letting these kids play, and and rightly so. It's actually the kids that are leading them, you know. And uh, now we got to talk about what to do with the the big four contracts and how they need to step up their game. And then, I mean, but all in all, I think the Flyers are still doing pretty good. Yeah, it could yeah. be a lot worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you could blow a three a three goal lead to the New York Islanders. Yeah, that that one kind of hurt, you know. And uh, <laughs> that was a gut check. Ugh. That 
that was a kick in the nuts here. You know, wow. they're like kind of sitting at home watching that, being like, yeah, hey, the streak's over. Ain't that but, a kick in the head? <laughs> but guess who wasn't at? Guess who wasn't in that game? Yeah, that's right. Number yeah. five. Yeah, right. You know, number five was sitting, sitting for whatever reason, and and uh, I mean, I wouldn't say Hague had a bad game, but you know, the one line change, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that was well, that's yeah, Sully. That was him, wasn't it? Yeah, it sullied it a little bit, but before that, he wasn't playing terrible. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. You know, it's just that one lasting memory. You're like, crap, that's how he played that game. Right. Yeah. But, now, I mean, if, if I could just interject for a second, why are you taking Myers out, though, to replace him with Haig? Like, what does Haig provide to the game that Myers doesn't? You know, I haven't seen him play in so long. I don't even remember. <laughs> well, the answer is nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But, but listen, I, I mean, I get that you want to put Haig in there and get him some some game time, and maybe uh, maybe Myers was haven't uh, has been dealing with something we just don't know about, like maybe a little nagging injury or something. But if you just want Hag to get uh, some time there, you got to take Braun out. Like you right. can't take you can't take Myers out. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I would I question that myself. Two guys that play a similar style in Braun and Haig, that would have made that would have been a good decision, especially considering Braun just has been lackluster since he had a stellar preseason and then you come into the year and he's just been flat to be completely nice. different person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that tends to happen though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that happens yeah. a lot. Now I mean I had questions laid out here and I feel like you just answered two of them right there. So I won't even waste your time here asking him again, but overall, um, after having talked to Phil Myers face-to-face, watching his couple games here that he's gotten with the Flyers so far, what's your take on not just this season, but like as a, as a person, as a player, you said you think he's the real deal, and do you want to double down on the fact that you think he's going to be our number one defenseman, even with guys like Provorov and Sanheim in the lineup? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and stop my foot and say he's going to be. I, I just, my opinion is this kid has the ability to be it, you know, and and, may, and I think if he continues this mindset and continues to learn the NHL hockey, I mean, you got to remember, this kid's been so physically gifted that he could pretty much do whatever he wanted against whomever he wanted, and that included at the AHL level. You know, he was, what was he down there? I mean, he had a point-per-game average, I think, so far this year, and, and the plus out off the charts down there you know he's just got to learn that hey these guys are bigger they're faster and maybe i can't jump on that puck and turn that you know neutral zone you know pucks into a scoring chance that i might have to sit back and uh and do this i i think this kid is is gifted i think again that that mental edge he had i, I just you know like the whole the whole answer to questions i mean you know it's just he he's trying to say like stock hockey answers, you know, like all the same right. type of answers we get. I mean, of I don't course. know if either of you guys watch uh, the guys from the, the show Letter Kenny from uh, up in Canada, <laughs> where they uh, they actually did a bit about like stock hockey gate quotes, you know, or something like that, which is phenomenal. Like get pucks deep, body right. bag, yep. and stuff like that, <laughs> which is just phenomenal. And and like in in asking him questions, you know, he's trying to trying to get those type of answers out but i'm also you know 
one of the things I do for a living is is body language, and I'm reading his body language. So, like, when I asked him the penalty question, like, and he starts chuckling and kind of, like, looks away. I, I know what he's telling me. He's like, I'm getting away with a lot out there, you know? Like, <laughs> yep. like and then he says, the best part, the best thing that he said to me was, you know, and and, and so, like, and I'll, almost a quote verbatim is, I don't want to say this, but I want to be a prick out there. And, like, hey. he wants the reputation where guys are like, we don't want to play against this kid. And, like, it's a great Philly attitude to have, you know, and, and I just I just loved it. And, and I came away from that interview impressed by him, just a good young man with a, the right head. I mean, this guy's dealt with multiple rejections, and he's in the NHL, you know, and that, that's there's something special just to get to the NHL level. But now he's performing, and it's his rookie year, and he's going to, you know, and I, the sky's the limit for this kid. Things you love to see. Phil Myers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's – I will I'll backtrack a little bit to John's question earlier a couple minutes ago about the decision to sit him uh, for this Islanders game. I think I read somewhere that the, um, the decision was made because the Islanders are a physical team and the Flyers wanted to counter that, so they brought in Haig, which when you think about it makes sense, but – like our guest earlier, Roger, was recapping the games with us. This this game's more about the speed, the dump and chase. You know, having the speed to be able to perform that. That's Myers. If it's not, it's definitely not Haig. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it uh, and and you saw that. Like, I mean, look at the the last two periods. How difficult was the Flyers clearing their zone? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean. And that was the cause of the third goal. Was a a failed. Uh, Niskanen's failed wraparound that uh, just bounced off of uh, uh, Lindblom there, you know, for an easy put-in. You know, that, that sucks. They got to yeah. work on that clear in the zone. And, and Myers, he's number one, he's got that long reach, but he's got that good puck movement too. Yeah. You know, so I don't understand why you got him in there. And, uh, I mean, if you're you're looking for a body to bang, maybe you want to sit Ghost because he's not banging anybody down there. Oh, no. Absolutely. He's banging him off the – banging him off the uh... – I, I hope he's banging something because he's not banging anything on the ice, let me tell you. <laughs> well, with that being said – we're going to have to let you go on that. <laughs> but if, this one took a turn for the worse. <laughs> but for real, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk some of Phil Myers with us. Uh, can you please let the listeners here know where they can find you on Twitter, your work, uh, so on and so forth? Yeah, I'm writing, obviously, phillysportsnetwork.com. On Twitter, I am Delco underscore dope. And you can find me on Facebook at Matt, um, either Matt Stinger or Delco Dope Sports. You know, come on, tell me what you want to hear about. Let me know what you guys want to learn about, and I'll do my best to make it happen. Beautiful. Thank you for taking the time to be on with us, man. We really appreciate it. Looking Thanks, to, Looking forward to working with you here in the future as well. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Take care, Take care. Man. Thanks. Take care. All right. So just this week, we're two for two with awesome guests. God. Yeah, you know, I mean – the. PSN Flyers division really lucked out with Matt because like Matt oh, said, yeah. he was primarily covering the Phillies and then we just we were told that he had some interest writing for the Flyers and since he's joined the team he's been killing it. Oh he's he's been great. I mean we've gotten some really welcome additions with him, with Eric as well. The Flyers yeah. team's strong, man. Uh, we're 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 doing well. <laughs> we are. 
Yeah. Now, we're, we don't have Wait What's this week, so we're skipping that. We All have, right. We had too much fun with it last week, so we're going to take a week off from that. But we are back with some questions. And we lead off with Joe Tillman. Joe Tillman says, bottom six, is it this ugly because of no Nolan Patrick? That's question number one. There's another one we'll get to here in a second. Short answer. All right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, right? I mean, he was a big part of the um, forward plans, and he's not here. So you really have to scramble and kind of makeshift that bottom six. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he really threw a wrench in the plans, and obviously not on purpose. You know, you can never predict these migraine disorders. Um, right. right. But – the, let's be honest, too. The Lawton injury really didn't help as well. Um, yeah. Next question from Joe. Where is Kevin Hayes offensively? I can tell you where he's not, and that's the back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I there are certain things, though, that when I watch Kevin Hayes play, I really like. I mean, I think that the physicality he plays, and not like the, the hitting and rock'em, sock'em robots type hockey, but like... You can see that he's able to kind of bring his defender with him behind the net or create a little bit extra space with his his bigger body. Um, but it would be nice if he started putting the puck in the back of the net, huh? <coughs> oh, absolutely. I would love to see that. You know who he does remind me of? And I might catch some flack for this, but I'm going to stand by this. Okay. Yarmir Yager. Now, and I only say this because I'm drawing the comparisons to his puck control. The way Kevin Hayes protects that puck when it's on his okay. stick. Yager right. did that, and he was much the same type of player When in regards to that. Offensively, yes. Yager was leaps and bounds better, in my opinion. And I'm sure in others' opinions as well. But the way he protects that puck, and the way he's strong on the puck, that just resembles Yager to me. See, and you know, and I don't want to dive too deep down the Kevin Hayes rabbit hole, but like what we've been seeing from Hayes doesn't necessarily shock me. It's just, it can't, it's unacceptable because of what we're paying him. Like yeah. we're paying him like a goal scorer when in reality, maybe he is more of the player that we're seeing. Yeah. And you know, we had to overpay to get him. Let's be honest, you know, yep. being the number two center on the market, that kind of comes with the territory for sure. Yeah. So Joe's last question here. First, when's, Frost get the call. When is Morgan Frost coming up to the Flyers? How many well, times are we going to discuss this? Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's on a bit of a, a point drought as of recently, so kind of the hype has disappeared a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think we're a little ways away or it would have happened already. I, I agree. I think that in the midst of that scoring uh why am I drawing a blank here? The scoring streak. There we go. Yeah, That's what it's called. There it is. That's um, the word. That would have been the perfect time to call him up. But it also only reached, what, seven games? Um, right. Still, not taking anything away from it. It's impressive. Uh, but the, it's first-year guy in the AHL. You want to see him get his footing entirely. And it still, I think, was a little too early to give him the call. Do I think that he has the potential to come up? Sure, especially if the center position is going to stay this thin. But there's no reason to rush him, especially Andreoff has been playing pretty well, and he can play center. Yeah, you know what's funny, man? Actually, 
Frost has been playing worse since Andrioff joined the Flyers because they were on the same line. And you could tell that like Frost really benefited from having Andrioff. He did. Andrioff's a great vet. I mean, last year with Syracuse, he was lights out with those guys down there. So Right. So if we could think of a way to bring up Frost and keep Andrioff without annoying everybody. <laughs> but I Andrioff mean, would have to that. play a third-line spot. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're going to move on here to the next question here. We've got former contest winner Ben Molusky. So first like, contest winner, first if you will. Contest winner, yes. Inaugural. So <laughs> like, is Gudis actually good? L O L J K. No, he's not. No. No. <laughs> it did look a little weird seeing him in a Capitals jersey. Oh yeah. It always does after you see a guy for so many years in the Flyers jersey. And he's a he's a single digit number guy. Like right now him rocking the thirty three looks funny. Like he should just go back to the single digits. Yeah, it's like with Joel Farabee in the 49. It's like, when's he going to get, like, a normal number, you know? Right. <laughs> Actually, I like the 49. It's unique. It's different. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to be the same number as everybody else. But, like, Gudis just, he, yeah, he shouldn't be wearing 33. Not like that's important or anything. But yeah, just was... aesthetically. <laughs> right. All right, next question comes from Gin and Juice, my favorite. Uh, what specifically do you see with AV's new system, X and O wise? Maybe talk about the roles of different positions in it and situational slash set plays you've noticed. I've noticed just being more aggressive and not yep. sitting back on the play, making the play and making it happen and going after the puck carrier. Um, right. I could go on even about special teams, but just the aggressiveness and. Hackstall's system was just more of a complacent, like, let's let it unfold and react to it. This is like, let's make the other team react and let's in- impose our will. Right. I mean, it doesn't always work, but like dictating the pace of the game. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and I think that that's a big thing with AV, right? The block shots, the whole, you know, we're not going to sit back and hope for you to mess up or we can find a little hole in your game. You're going to play. You're going to try to keep up with us. Yeah, and X and O wise, like I'm not going to sit here and break down all these plays that they run and this and that, but like you can just tell by the tempo and tell by the pace that this team, it is a complete 180, and that's probably why we're seeing a little bit of struggling going on here, uh, learning this right. new system. But overall, I think it's been a success so far, and as long as all these players start adapting and really start perfecting that system, we're going to see a lot more interesting games and a lot more successful games for the Flyers. Right. I mean, you you can't argue with his pedal-to-the-metal kind of mentality that he's bringing to this team. You're right. Uh, 100% agree. Then we get down to Rich, number 83, and he goes, why use 93 in the shootout? Rich, again, if I had the answer to it, I'd, I'd let Fletcher and Vino know. <laughs> but, can, man. Can I insert my own question into this? Yes, please. Are you done? Are you done with this guy? And and I don't mean Rich. I mean no. Voracek. I I'm certainly not done with Rich, um, <laughs> but I'm not 100 percent done with Voracek. But this is like you're hanging off of the ledge by both of your index fingers, and that's right. It. Like I'm I'm getting there, man. Oh yeah, I just like. I always try to go back to that, well, you know, he is a good player, but, like, 
we need him to be better, and he's just not being better. Is he the forward that just isn't adapting to Vino's type of play and type of system? That could be the case. Is he not a Vino system type of player? Right, yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit more over Gossespierre than I am Voracek, but it's getting close. Yeah. Now, with the emergence of some of these young guys, you know, that's another rabbit hole. Let's just not go down it. But right. I'm not yeah. 100% done with Voracek, but it's it's darn close. Darn close. All right. Let's see. 57 at Dorian the Great asks us if you could add any former flyer, retired or active, to the current roster, who would it be and why? I love this question. This is Thank you. Thank you, Dorian the Great. This is the type of question we love. So it, <clears throat> my answer is simple. Uh, my favorite flyer, Scott Hartnell. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, huh. What, yeah, so, I mean, I know he's not like the Lindrosses of the world or Bobby Clark or anything like that, but I just always felt like Scott Hartnell just bled Flyers hockey, and when he was good, he was very productive. And I just think that he would be somebody who would hold others accountable. He wouldn't be afraid of, you know, sacrificing his body. Um, he's just someone that I think this team could use, you know, kind of that never-quit attitude but still able to joke and have a good time what's the one thing that has plagued this team over the past couple games that they've not been able to do close score could you add score to that maybe score yeah (laughs) yeah score my player mark recce all right not only is the guy a force but the guy could score and if you added a guy like recce to that top six guaranteed he'd probably take up a top line spot that sure. and then you bump a guy like Giroux, just slide Voracek down, let him just you know trickle down like unwanted, right. whatever. Um, I'd love to have a guy like Recky on this team. Yeah, can we say post? I mean, no pre-flyer Vinny LeCavalier. <laughs> that yeah, adding some center depth. I'd like that. I would definitely like that. <laughs> now Ben Molesky's back. And he asks us a real question this time. <laughs> when Lawton returns, is Andreoff getting sent back, or does Torinsky get sent down, and Lawton plays third-line wing since the fourth line is playing well with Andreoff on it and Raffle centering? So, when Lawton returns, he assumes yep. the third-line wing spot. Does he assume the third-line wing spot because Andreoff's playing well, or does Andreoff get sent back down? I don't know. I like Andreoff up here. I'd almost send Torinsky back down. And it, this, by all means, this is a tough decision to make because I like right. Torinsky as well. And I was one of the initial detractors saying I didn't think Torinsky should have made the team out of camp. But what he's shown me is that in a fourth-line role, he's played pretty well. Right. I mean, he's kind of like a long-term plan, too. Like, you could send him back to Lehigh Valley and his game can continue to develop. With Andreoff at this point, it's kind of – what you see is what you get, and if you want to maximize kind of like the return for what you signed, mm-hmm. you might as well keep him up here while he's playing well. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because when Lawton comes back, you almost want to insert him into a center role because that's what we need right now. Right. Um, it would bump Raffle back to his natural position on the wing, and I think Raffle would be pretty happy about that. Uh, right. That's That's a tough one. 
there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ands and buts, and you know. And honestly, by the time that Lawton actually comes back into the lineup, maybe Andrioff, it's the whole you know buzz around it is gone. Maybe he's kind of come back to reality, and he just should go back to Lehigh Valley. You're right. That could be the that could be the case. If we're done with that one, we get to Brian Cole. Do you remember Chris Stewart? Chris Hewart? <laughs> that, that was so dumb. That was dumb if it wouldn't have been for the fact that he was slotted into the lineup last night. Right. But, we yes, we remember Chris Stewart. Not really fondly, but we remember him. <laughs> I really wish that he would, you know, like actually impact this team. Like, I was really rooting for this guy. I know. And when it, when everybody else was complaining about him being signed, like I was like, oh, well, maybe this would be a nice story. It's not. It hasn't turned out to be. And, yes, there's still plenty of hockey left for him to turn it around, but things are looking kind of bleak right now for Chris Stewart. Right. Yeah. Our next question comes from Papa John, our man Papa John. And he goes, does Nolan Patrick fit into this up-tempo offense, fast transition, and aggressive defense? of Elaine Vigneau. Uh, I think he does. Uh, I mean, I how, certainly think he can. How long is it going to take for him to regain his his footing, right. really, if you want to call it I that? I mean, right. I mean, you got to remember he was still young, right? You can, you can still change him into, you know, to play different roles, to kind of pick up the tempo. But this injury, I, it's so weird calling it an injury because it's something more than that. You really don't know at this point. Yeah. This is such a, you could call it confusing situation, yeah. really. Uh, there's not been a ton of transparency as to what's going on. It, we've just gotten these, he's week to week, he's week to week, you know. But maybe they're trying to keep it under wraps because there's something bigger wrong. Or, right. you know, they just want it to be a yeah. surprise when he comes back. I doubt that's the surprise. case. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, though. It would be. It'd be great. It'd be a great surprise. But, you know, I, but, I doubt yeah. that's the case. But, <clears throat> like, to answer his question, I think he can fit into it. But there's just so many X factors right now. You're right. Whether he's got the correct line mates, whether he's able to return to game form quick enough. Uh, just lots of variables with that one. Right. <clears throat> So our next question then comes from Nat Marlowe. Nat Marlowe asks, how much time does our ghost have left? Not much. <laughs> I it, I mean, I want that to be the case, but like, what are you getting for him at this point? Yeah. <clears throat> are you going to try to sell him to a team on his reputation? Because lately, he hasn't been much. And his reputation, right. you know, what, two, three years ago, 65 points, that's great, but... In a league that is more so the what have you done for me now, what has right. he done for us now? Not a whole lot. Yeah. You can't sell high on a guy that just isn't playing well. And you're trading for futures right now and not great futures. Like, that's that's what you're getting with him. I don't think this team's deep enough to, to do that. No. I mean, especially on the blue line because you think about it, who do we have left? Uh, Friedman? You know, we could call Friedman up, but... Is he uh, yeah. the answer? Brennan, but Brennan's proven that he's more of a career AHLer, which nothing wrong with well, that. He's a great AHLer. I was watching the Phantoms game on Friday night against Binghamton and Wolinski. Man, he's got a freaking cannon from the point. No, I don't think that he's a he's an NHL defenseman, but he's got a cannon. 
I would like to see one of those youngsters come up. I would like to see Bigra. Bigra, yeah. Bigras, Bigras. Whatever. I yeah. Well, I, mean, I think he's got the potential, but again, like you said, maybe not right now. Um, right. Watherspoon's another one that, you know, he's they're those fringe guys that could right. fill in if need be, but not necessarily right. the ideal uh, situation to be in if those guys are getting called up. So, right. last question we have for the week comes from Anthony Melodeo, because I've been mispronouncing his name for weeks, apparently, and I apologize for that. But Anthony Melodeo. J-O. Melodeo. A daylight come and we've got the Flyers question. That was the worst singing you've done on this show. And that's I waited a, a week before I asked my question. Dea Melodeo. He answered the question, I mean, asked the question an hour ago. I'm going to stop. I'm trying really hard, but. I just played the womp womp sound effect because that was piss poor. Good God. My wife my wife just texted me, stop singing, you're horrible, you are going to lose fans. Tell her, tell her thank you. Thank you. <laughs> before we lose, before we lose okay, any more I'm listeners, sorry. we're going to actually get to the question here. He asks, will Myers be the guy in and out of the lineup all year and replaced with Haig? Seems like he could have made a difference last night. And that's where he added the P.S. It's pronounced Melodeo. So, first off, thank you for clarifying that so I don't sound like an a-hole trying to pronounce your name from here on out. A-hole. Johnson A-hole. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. So, back to the original question. Is Myers going to be the guy that's in and out of this lineup? I hope not. I God, I hope I, not either. I think it needs to be Braun at this point. Yeah, even I, Goss despair if you want to replace an offensive well, sure. defenseman, but it's between those two. Uh, yeah, no, Myers, Myers needs to be in the lineup every game. He needs to be a fixture on that blue line. Uh, much like right. Stinger said, the kids got it. Right, and I think AV knows that now. I think he does too. I think that seeing how the Flyers performed the other night against the Islanders really kind of solidified that, and it should have, to be honest. Right. Yeah, well... Questions are over. Episode's pretty much over, except for the uh, typical taglines here. But anything else you'd like to add on the question front? I don't think so. I mean, Good. I'm kind of proud I made through this episode. I am too. To be honest with you, all the crap you told me about yesterday. Good lord. Oh I man, thought I had a rough yes. Saturday. <laughs> Goodness. So, uh, this rivalry, I went to SUNY Cortland, which if you're not from New York, you probably have never heard of Cortland, but we have a rivalry with another college called Ithaca, and we have a football game, and we call it Cortica because we're clever, and they had it at MetLife Stadium this year, Ooh. so where the Giants and the Jets play. So we haven't gone to this game, and we talking about like other people I went to school with, we haven't gone to this game since we graduated, but MetLife is close to us, so we all decided to go. I started drinking at 8.30 in the morning. Oh boy! I was drinking something called Bang with vodka. Ugh. That makes yeah, me want to pretty throw much. Up. Yeah. So today, every time I sat still, I started to fall asleep. So I'm very proud of myself for getting through here. I might not have made much sense, but I got through it. I'm proud of you too, John. I appreciate Thank the uh, perseverance and the commitment to the show. <laughs> that being said, I'm John Gove, and you can find me on Twitter at. <laughs> We're not Fox even at that point Gove. yet. You know that. Oh. We're not? Good God. Listen, first off, we want to run this by you guys. If you or somebody you know, family member, friend, whatever it may be, 
has a business that would like to advertise and you'd like to advertise with us, please feel free. Contact us through our DMs, through email, personally, whether it's John or I, which John already gave you his Twitter, but I'm going to make him do it again here in a second. I'll give mine. We'll figure something out. I'm pretty savvy with iMovie. I'll cut a commercial. We can have some fun with it. But feel free to reach out. John can't do it because he's still drunk. But (laughs) regardless, let us know if there's anything we can do. We can work something out. And be on the lookout tomorrow on Twitter because we're going to post the question to the contest that can get you on the Pod Street Bullies. We will have that one question. John's making some crude gestures my way. That's my cue, John. You know, just be on the lookout for the question. Tell us where we can find you on Twitter, you jerk. <laughs> so, yeah, it's still Pod Street Gove. Uh, you can find my work at Philly Sports Network. Uh, you can hear this my sweet, deep, raspy voice on this podcast once a week. And uh, I think that's about it. You should probably stop whatever you're about to do right now. What, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just figured if you were going to do it to me, I'm going to do it to you. Anyways, you can find me at Pod Street Bob on Twitter. You can find all of my work on Philadelphia Sports Network. You can find... You can find me. The way out. Done with this episode. Folks, this has been the Pod Street Bullies, and I'm trying something fun where I'm going to start with the the outro music down low and then build it back up when we're actually done. But, anyways, as always, to close out the show, let's go, Flyers. Bye now.